Welcome to Finding Certainty with your host and U.S. Army veteran, Patrick Lang. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Patrick and his expert guests how to attract more certainty into your business and your life. Now, here is your host, Patrick Lang. Welcome back to Finding Certainty, everybody. We're uh, very pleased today to have two icons in the industry, Mr. Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Uh, They are the co-hosts of the Strategic Advisor Board War Room Roundtable Podcast. That's a a mouthful. They have a lot to (laughs) offer and a lot lot of uh, insights and uh, experience to share with us. So really looking forward to visiting with you guys. Thanks for being here. Great great to be here, Patrick. So um, I always start out by having you tell us just a little bit about yourselves. We've got three of us today on the show, obviously. And um, because you are co-hosts, you uh, tag team on this extraordinarily popular podcast. I mean, what, what is it? Top one in 1.5% globally. That is, uh, that is an accomplishment, especially with uh, the fact that you haven't been doing it for years and years. So that's uh, it's very impressive. We're looking forward to hearing how that's come about and some of the things you've learned and, uh, and so forth. So why don't we just uh, take turns and have you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. And then I'm going to jump into, I always share uh, two reasons why I've invited you on the show, but I always like to start with you. You're the most important part here. So uh, maybe Jason, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about your background, if you don't mind? Yeah, yeah, sure. The, I, uh, I'm a Montana kid. I grew up in Montana on a farm and, uh, learned what that hard work means. Right. And, uh, joined the military, did 23 years in the military and, uh, really business was in me because my folks were very entrepreneurial and I wanted to still do that while I was in the military. So I, you know, bought strip flipped businesses, so on and so forth while I was in the military and retired from the military, started uh, the strategic advisor board and uh, chair 11 other companies. I won't go into all of them, but uh, (laughs) actually 12 as of last week. Um, And, you know, I love business to me. That's what it's all about. Podcasting is such an awesome thing. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll just quickly even tell the story of how me and Philip even came about being together. Um, so I was, I got interviewed for a segment over at Entrepreneur Magazine, and that guy right there was the guy that ended up doing my interview when he, he was working over at Entrepreneur Magazine. Well, I got to tell you, it really inspired me into podcasting. And it inspired me so much. I started the Strategic Advisor Board podcast and the war, and it was then it was called War Room Moments. But Hmm. I did that, I grew it, and I reached out to Philip and I said, Hey man, you really gotta come over here and 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 do this with me. And he was like, Okay, let's do it. Pretty much. That's the short story of it. And now we're six months into it, 250-ish episodes, uh, crushing it in the top one and a half percent in the world. So um, <laughs> wouldn't be That's here amazing. without without Philip, though, for sure. But I'll pass the torch over to you, Philip. Yeah, man. Um, I'm First of all, I'm just a big fan of 
anytime I hear your story, it just it just shows how much life uh, has been lived. I'm like the complete opposite almost in a way, right? Where I was born in the city, but my whole life I moved around a lot. So making first impressions kind of became a survival mechanism for me, like growing up, right? Just to give you some context. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always wanted to be an entertainer. In fact, when I was a kid and my dad was around, he would sort of put me up to it and be like, hey, do the dance or the song for the, you know, and he'd throw on like knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. That was like my jam <laughs> as a kid, kind of a morbid song for a kid to love. But I just remember those lyrics. And um, as I started moving around more, you know, I picked up skateboarding. But one thing that I always loved doing was connecting with people because connection seemed to be a thing that never was permanent for me. Right. Which you know, has led to a lot of things as an adult that I'm working through. But uh, <laughs> but one, one thing that I picked up is I, I had a chance to move to New York, and I did. And in moving to New York, looked around the city, saw all the ads, and said, well, you know, I could get a job trying to make it as an actor, singer, what have you. Or clearly, people are spending money on these ads. They are not cheap, especially in New York. So I'm going to go there since money seems to be there. I didn't know how strategic this thinking was. I, I was I'm, I've always read, but I did that. And lo and behold, when I landed in the marketing agency, after a couple of other people offered me internships, this place actually offered me a job. I started learning all these things about the business world that I didn't know beyond what I had been reading. You know, you read things and you think you know what business is until you start working for, for a company that's small but mighty and is actually doing stuff and you're like wow like this is actually how money is made i had no other point of reference uh, before that i was just an employee but this company actually left a lot of room for you to own things uh, mm. to take ownership of stuff and through that i eventually got the bug to go you know do things myself and one of the things i took with me was the idea of podcasting really early on like 2013 going into 2014 And that's really where I started getting into things, which eventually led to me helping other people launch their podcasts and their personal brand and content strategy. But then somewhere along the way, I ran into somebody who gave me a shot with Entrepreneur Magazine. Then I helped them launch an Inc. Magazine podcast. There was a shift in CEO, which sort of tanked that Inc. Magazine podcast. I think that episodes may not even play, even though they're still listed and like online, Uh, Mm -hmm. you can see them. Uh, And in the middle of all that, along the way, I ran into Jason, as he tells you in the story. And, you know, I remember him specifically emphasizing the importance of a marketplace in his episode, you know? And I was like, yeah, yeah, like Amazon. He's like, yeah, but Jason meant it deeper than that, you know? But but I remember how important of an emphasis he placed on that. So then when I saw him connect with me on LinkedIn and he's like, hey, man, we should, we should we should have you on the show. I was like, I'd love to, man, of course. And once I showed up, I saw the way he was running and I was like, this is, you, you did how many? It's, all, it's only been a little while since I see you. you did 60 episodes already. I was like, all right, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we started having that conversation and lo and behold, my reaction then is my reaction now. Every other day, Jason will hit me up with some of the numbers that we're doing. And I'm like, what? You know, because what I do, a lot of what I do is I sit there and I talk to people. And as you know, it's something that I've had to learn how to do really early on in my life, right? So I do that. But a lot of the magic 
is left up to the world and that strategic mind of Jason Miller. Right. I think it's really interesting. Uh, you know, I was on your show um, a few weeks back. Uh, I think it was in August. And just seeing how you two play off each other, you know, you have such diverse backgrounds and yet they really blend into this one just perfect whole. And I'm I'm not surprised you're doing so well as a, as a podcast and as podcasters because you really resonate with each other and it's it's impressive you know and you aren't you're very different from each other right I mean kind of like black and white or, or uh, different ends of the spectrum right <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's really interesting but isn't that kind of how a business goes in general I mean in, in in a lot of relationships I mean my wife and I are polar opposites right my business partners and I are very different from each other. And that synergy of, of reciprocal differences is really a, a fascinating thing. We could do a whole show just on that topic, I think. Yeah. So no, no, that's valid. I was literally just going through a list of people that I know near me because a lot of what I've been doing has been very remote, like wherever people are in the world. And right. I started realizing I'm the kind of person I become alive around people. And the work from home, doing things only at home scenario is starting to, I believe, personally make me go crazy. And so I started asking myself, like, look, I've talked to a lot of people. I need to start looking at who I know and start like going to go do things. As we talked about before we even started the show, life exists outside of work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we sometimes forget that, right? But it, it definitely does. Uh, it's interesting. I, I grew up in a family business. We talked about this on on your show, and uh, I look at the lessons that I learned from growing up in a family business. We franchised it you know, all over the world, all over the country, and even overseas. and And you look at the lessons you learned from the military, Jason. I learned from the military. Philip, you've learned from your background and your exposure in media and marketing and all these things. Um, isn't it fascinating how those lessons? accumulate and we look back on the last year or the last five years or 10 years, I think, man, I was a completely different person. I have these steady principles and steady uh, beliefs and so forth, but we continue to expand and grow. And it's, it's fascinating. You don't see it happening while it's happening, but you can look back on it and it's extraordinary. Um, I mean, how do you think, Jason, how do you think you've grown just since you got out of the military? I know I know the military, you grew th up through the ranks and grew up through those experiences. I mean, I experienced that the same. We were both in the Army, if I'm not mistaken. Or were, mm -hmm. you, were you Marine Corps? Army, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you were in the right branch at least, but <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, that's funny. But I mean, how, I guess the first question is, how did you see yourself grow in the military and how does that compare to how you've grown since you've gotten out, got your MBA and started strategic yeah. advisor board and so forth? Do you see parallels or has it been different? Well, I think you got to go back a long, long way, right? I think you have to go all the way back to birth really, wow. right? Because as humans, we are meant to evolve, right? Absolutely. And we, and we evolve over time whether you like it or not, you are going to evolve, right? You're going to evolve because the world and the ecosystem around us changes so much that 
we're literally forced to evolve and adapt and, and change and be more flexible and, and all these different things. So I, I don't know if it's really so much of change more than it is an evolution of w- when we were born to where we are today. Right. But right. W- w- when I look at, you know, who I was, say, even 10 years ago, it's a much different person right? Because then, you know, and, and that re- it really applies to everything all the way down to, well, I used to hate salsa 10 years ago. Now I love it. Right. So it's like, <laughs> now I can't get enough of it. That's a stupid thing to say, but I mean, That's but great. it's just, but it's just a, a silly little tiny example of how we evolve and things change. Right. So, mm-hmm. and we're exposed to so many things uh, during the years and years that we're alive and hopefully we get better, not go the opposite way. We don't devolve. Is that how, is that the right word? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds good. We're always constantly moving forward. And if we always just strive to be one thing and that's a lifelong learner, we'll continue to evolve and get better and better. That's that's a really good insight. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, I, uh, I used to set new year's resolutions every year and, um, I'd have a big list or maybe a small list, but you know, like most of us resolutions don't last very long. At least they didn't for me. I think many people can resonate with that, but I finally made a goal about five years ago to do one resolution each year. And that resolution was to, to try to listen to every impression that came, every prompting, every uh, insight. And I don't, doesn't mean I do everything that comes to me, but to try to pay attention to it, you know, whether you believe in God or the universe or just intellect synergy, I really made a a goal to, to be a learner in that sense, Jason, but to listen, right. And to become a better listener. I believe a lot of the impressions that come, come from a higher, you know, higher source. And, um, and I, I think he knows way better than I do how, uh, how, how to go and where I should be going and what I should be doing. And so just listening to those impressions in that direction has really helped me do more. And, and you see doors and windows opening, relationships happening. I mean, just meeting you guys, for example, and others like that. I think a lot of that has come about by being guided and listening to that guidance and both from mentors and from, you know, higher power and, and ex- from experience and so forth. And so, I, I, you know, being a lifetime learner, a lot of that I think comes down to being a really good listener. Um, would you agree with that, Philip? Have you, have you experienced the same thing? Yes, yes, and more yes. Uh, evolution is key and listening helps guide your evolution in a way that's productive. Absolutely. Uh, I, w- I would say active listening, uh, which is another way of saying critical thinking. Right. Uh, is a is a pretty good bet in life if you just actively listened. Uh, and active listening really involves three parts, right? Actively accepting, actively rejecting, or actively confused. And if you find yourself actively confused, ask a question, man. That's that, that's that's the <laughs> right. way I usually go, and that's what I use even when I interview people. Believe it or not. Yeah, you're you're a, you're a great example of that. I saw it in our interview. You know you. You aren't just thinking about your next question. You aren't just, you know, you don't have an agenda. You talked a little bit about 
how you just let the conversation flow and take it where it takes it. And I want to get into that a little bit more as we talk about podcasts and your podcast in general, what you guys have accomplished and maybe some of the insights for our listeners, but, but it's a really interesting, interesting topic. The one piece I might, um, I might disagree with is that we don't devolve, as you said, Jason, I, I don't know if that's a word, but I think that in every relationship and every in every person we're either progressing or regressing digressing right we're either getting better or getting worse it's kind of like atrophy right if you don't use your muscles you uh you lose them and same with a marriage you know a relationship it's either getting stronger or getting weaker it doesn't happen overnight but i do believe that's true same with the testimony and same with the skill language ability you know i lived in italy for couple of years. I was an interpreter with the army in Italian. And I know if I don't use my Italian, I start to lose it. Right. And so I think there's this evolution or this kind of regression or sliding backwards if we're not actively pursuing it. So is that something you guys would agree with? Any insights on that? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, we've all seen it, right? We've all seen or, or met people in our lives. And then somehow the path brings us back together and you go, Whoa, <laughs> what, what happened? Whoa, to you, don't even man? recognize you. <laughs> <laughs> right? What happened to you, man? Right. And, and, you know, those are trials and tribulations of life. Some people get through them and then some people get caught in them. Right. So, right. you know, we hope as a, as a people, that we continue to move forward, not backwards, obviously. Right. It's a great comment. Yeah. We're, uh, we're coming up on our next break. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too, Phil, but um, maybe we'll go to break first. But to that point, let me just share one insight. I, this is more of a kind of a scriptural or a religious insight. I heard it at church, just to be clear. But we're talking about repentance, right? We're talking about how people get off the path and they start going down lanes. They shouldn't, you know, making bad choices or maybe get into an addiction or something. And there's this, this false belief that we have to, we have to go back to where we were. We somehow have to return to where we started to get back on the path. And that's not possible for one thing. And it's not, it's not, it's not even a, it's not even smart, right? It's a, we're, we're going to waste energy and regret and, and, and belief and, and so forth, trying to rewind things, right? When all we have to do is turn left or turn right and get back on the path where we are, things are going to be different. We will have lost out on opportunities, maybe damaged relationships. We're going to have to do some repair and so forth, but we just need to get back on the path. You think of a pilot's flying a plane they're constantly off course. You know, they're never, they're never on course. They're constantly making these little minor corrections. The same thing happens when we're driving down the road. Our hands are never still, right? They're, they're constantly correcting, keeping us in our lane. And so I think it's an interesting insight talking about evolution and, 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 and progress, which is a big thing that I know you talk about, Jason, with Strategic Advisor Board. Um, I think we just got to get back on path and it's, it, it's an easy fix. It's a minor correction more often than not. I think we make it harder than it has to be. So um, lots more to talk about. We're going to go to a quick break, everybody. We're here with Jason Miller and Philip Lanos of the Strategic Advisor Board podcast. 
very honored to have you guys with us and uh, we'll be right back. Certainty management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at certaintyteam.com. That's certainty. T-E-A-M, like Mary.com. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero-cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. You're listening to Finding Certainty, and we're on with Jason Miller and Philip Lanos of Strategic Advisor Board Podcast, one of the top podcasts in the world, literally 1.5% globally, which is quite the accomplishment guys uh i don't know if you got lucky or you're just really that good uh, you know, we'll have to figure that out as we go along here i think it's probably the latter right <laughs> maybe, um, maybe a little of both <laughs> a little bit of both yeah isn't that kind of how life works um so um we're having a conversation just a little bit about uh jason and, and philip's backgrounds and you know i always bring guests on for for two main reasons, or I like to highlight those two reasons. And, and one is that podcasting is becoming such an, a really phenomenal delivery method, right? For getting a message out, for sharing insights, building a brand and so forth. And you guys are just consummate professionals at that. And so that's the first thing. But two, as we were saying before, I really like the way you two bring these opposing viewpoints and differing backgrounds. I mean, you're different ages, a military background, non-military, marketing business. It's just it just makes for a really interesting blend that uh, I'm enjoying getting to know you guys, and I think our our listeners would as well if they take the time. So, um, so let's talk about your show a little bit. Um, I wish we could talk for for hours. We could go into a lot more <laughs> detail, but um, and maybe just for. For anyone who is new to podcasting or doesn't even know what it is, that might be a dumb question, but maybe, Philip, maybe you can just define what a podcast is. And then, uh, I mean, why do you think it's such an effective method of promotion? Then let's get into your show and maybe some tips for the listeners. Okay. Yeah. What a podcast is could be made up 
by the case by case basis of the host, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I could take the War Room podcast, for example. It's clearly an exploration of someone's life, and to put it up as an allegory uh, in a professional context to discover what insights we can share with people from their experience. So it's sort of a, can we borrow from your experience? But that's not always the case, is it? Because then you have serial podcasts that are more focused on true crime stories, right? right? So if we're looking at what podcast quite literally is, it is long form content designed to educate or entertain. That's that's really what it is. And it really depends on what you're looking for. But I, th- I think that's the vehicle that we're using is a long form content in an age where long form content really doesn't exist anymore, right? Everything is TikTok, 15 seconds, 60 minutes, you know, is not a thing anymore. <laughs> right, right. That's a great definition. Uh, you know, I think it actually appeals to people in many respects because it is long form, right? We get so much that is just snippets and glimpses and sound bites. I think uh, there's this internal uh, need or a craving for some more context, right? So more substance. And I think that's one, one thing that podcasts uh, or radio shows like this, where you really get to talk, um, provide. And uh, I hadn't thought about that, but I think that's a really interesting insight. So anything you'd add to that, Jason? I mean, why do you think that the podcast uh, method or uh, a promotion is so so effective, so popular? Well, I think for us, it's because we get to share people's story, right? And mm-hmm. that's part of our focus is, you know, what is your story? That's one of the first things we always say, because people ask, what do I need to do to prepare? Nothing. Your only job is to tell your story, right? And and that story is what's so relatable to people and you know, we're just in a time of the next news cycle or so on and so forth and short, short snippets of this or that, like Philip was saying, but people have really come back now, I think, to want to connect with other people's stories, right? Because people want to feel like there are other people like them, right? Out there that they can connect with, Um and really be able to synergize in a whole different way, right? Um, whether that's driving to your office uh, in the morning or driving back or at lunch or whatever the case may be. Right. And, you know, the war room was designed because business is war in its own sense, right? Mm-hmm. And we get to share them war stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We don't that's the whole point of the podcast in the first place is there is no censorship in it, right? You get to hear it all, the good, the bad, and the awful, right? And, but imagine being a young leader that's 23 years old, that's starting a company today that starts on episode one and ends on episode 200 and whatever we're on, all the arrows they got to miss. Cause they got right. all those stories of all those business owners that, you know, shared all those things that worked and didn't work. And right. podcasting is a beautiful form to be able to share that kind of information in the world. Cause it's intentional, right? People know they have to set aside 
30 minutes, 40 minutes, because that's what a podcast is. So right. it's, it's uh, intentional that way. Right. People don't usually stumble on a, a podcast over and over and over, right? They may stumble on it the first time, but then it draws them in, of course, depending on the content and the quality and, and so forth. But it's interesting, Philip, you talk about the, you know, the true crime podcast and the mystery podcast and some of these that are not interview related, uh, not necessarily business related, but they're still telling a story, right? And it has that same element, obviously built into it. I think really great business podcasts are doing the same as you referenced of telling stories and um, explaining histories and insights and how they all blend together. And so it's, it's interesting. Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, your podcast specifically. How often is it? Is it? Do you do it? I know you've got over two, almost two hundred and fifty episodes now in just six months. I mean, the quantity is is impressive in and of itself, right? I mean, I know you are you are recording podcasts almost every day, isn't that right? I mean, that definitely is a, I think, a powerful source of fuel for anything to gain traction. Right? Is can you do it consistently? And right. we, I mean, I just followed Jason's lead. I'll be honest with you. And he, you know, he, he pointed out, this is how many interviews we have lined up. The first news I started, I was like, All right, well, let's, <laughs> let's go. You know, at some point there was even more of them. And I was like, let's do it. <laughs> and then I was like, Hey, maybe <laughs> how many episodes are you doing? He's like, actually, I got a plan. And I was like, yeah, he's like, yeah. And then we'll move them over to here now. Uh, but, there is a lot of episodes in a short amount of time, but whether it was by design or not, it had a big, big, big fact. It plays a big factor in not only imagine you're trying to learn to swing a bat. If you swing it only once a month, your game, same thing with golf, right? Only gets so good. The, the reps that you do. Now, I happen right. to have been doing something very similar to that volume beforehand with Entrepreneur, right? I think in the time that I was there with Entrepreneur.com, it was pretty much that exact model. So to come right into it again, it was pretty, I could, I could notice it right off the bat. And uh, the only difference is we're running the show way different than they are. And the quality of guests that we have are way different than entrepreneurs. Uh, so I, I got lucky running into Jason because it wasn't always a Jason when a Jason Miller, when <laughs> I was on entrepreneur. Right. So I think, I think the interesting thing about podcasting, since that's, that's the, the broader subject that we're on and, uh, how you align things, right. Whether it is a documentary style podcast or an interview style podcast, or believe it or not, a round table style podcast where interruptions are the norm, Right. I think whatever format you choose, don't ever count out how important the kind of guests that you bring on is. Because if you think you're going to make uh, hamburgers out of, uh, let's say, I don't know, spinach, I mean, you could do that. There's a whole market now. It's a vegan market, but it's not the same thing. You know what I mean? And so it's important that you take into consideration all the elements as a cook that you're throwing into the, into the dish in the kitchen to be able to determine like what the meal is going to be like. And, and it is an art to be able to tastefully, it's all, it's a matter of taste. You've got to have taste, right? Whatever vertical you're in, whatever industry you're in, 
if you're creating a communications piece, you have to have, you have to have your finger you're on the pulse and the taste. And something about hosting is that is having taste as a host of how do you tastefully ask a question that relates and can open things up even further without getting too far away from the point of the conversation itself. You know, it takes taste and you can't really, you can't read about taste and then go and have taste. It's something that is developed through experience, through failure to have taste at all and go, wow, that wasn't tasteful at all. Uh, (laughs) Then you just got to sit there and live with it. And if you do that long enough and with enough repetitions at the number and volume of episodes that we have, you eventually start to really get a feel for things. Right. It's really good insight, you know, and I, I think that taste, that ability to define it and what is a good guest and what you're looking for, and then being able to guide that, that conversation is, is more than just the quantity of podcasts you've done. It's the, it's the lives that you've lived. It's the experience that you've had, right? It's like, I get, I keep getting compliments on our show and feedback from voice America, the general manager. They say, man, you sounds like you've been doing this for years. Not to pat myself on the on the back, but but they but they've been really complimentary and really encouraging, and they say it's largely because um, you you come across as authentic. I think that authenticity is a real big piece of it, but but also it's because I've done hundreds of interviews. You know, I've done thousands of presentations, training. So I may I may be new to this format, but I'm drawing from you know years and years and 30 plus years of experience. And so I think it's an important insight. Anyone can start a podcast, but I find the very best ones are when the hosts have got some, some real life experience, right? Reminds me of that book by um, Malcolm Gladwell. It's called the outliers. Yeah. Have you heard of that? I think it's just outliers, not, uh, but he talks about how it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert in something. Right. It doesn't just happen overnight. It gives examples like Bill Gates and programming and you know others. But uh, I mean, you you made a reference a few minutes ago, Philip, about Jason, how he's a strategic, you know, genius. And I, I think Jason talking about the quality of the guests you guys have, because your interviews are phenomenal. I've I've listened to several of them. Uh, I think mine was definitely the weak link in all the interviews you've done, but but the uh you know, tell us a little bit more about just the, the type of guests you've had and maybe some of the uh, some of the insights you've had, because I, I agree the quality of the guests. And in addition to the quality of the host, it makes for the perfect uh, recipe, as Philip said. Uh, anything you, you, you would add to that, Jason? So it's funny because I'll, I'll go back to like uh, three months ago, me and Philip had this guy, I won't name his name, but um, and we got off of that podcast. I mean, was, we were like, yeah, that's not going anywhere. Right. And it turned out to be like one of the, one of the most listened podcasts we've had. I mean, people just loved it. So you can't really predict necessarily <laughs> what people are really going to be interested in or not. But I mean, you know, we, our focus is business owners that have been They've, they've been in their own war room. That's the whole point, right? I mean, we're not, you know, we're not trying to, to interview the next Mary Kay delivery person or something like that, right? We want, Mm -hmm. you know, seasoned CEOs that have been in the, in the mud and muck 
and they've been drugged through it, drug around it. And they, they've been through all the hardships and that's what really makes the show so valuable is that right there. Um, right. Anything to add to that, Philip? Yeah. Uh, I think it there like, it's a lot like in the music industry, artists never know which of their songs are going to gain traction and popularity. Even when you're like that, like for example, uh, Radiohead song, uh, uh, the creep, right. They actually, as a band don't enjoy playing it anymore. But it is the most requested song. You just have to go to a bar that plays karaoke to see that song in action. It is that popular with people. And yet the band themselves are like, uh, you know, so, yeah, the, while whatever I said sounded insightful, it's also true that you just never know. And there are outliers everywhere, like you said, right? Okay. Some people actually have a following and while they may not present themselves well. They they do actually get results for people in their own industries and and hubs. And so, yeah, if I, if I were to say anything is never count somebody out, but also do your best to pick the fruit that doesn't have any spoiling on it, if possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not always the easiest, uh, easiest thing to do, you know, easier said than done, but uh, we are coming up on another break here, but I, um, you know, I, I think of, as we talk about this topic, I think uh, earlier you, you talked about evolution, right, Jason, and how we're constantly getting better. I know your whole podcast, you're, you're really the focus has been on changing lives and how you're changing lives with that podcast. You're giving younger entrepreneurs and business owners a chance to shorten their learning curve. I think that's so valuable. And seeing how people's lives have changed building their businesses. I mean, it's such a, just a really great tapestry of, of experience. I'm, I'm very impressed, but I think uh, we'll come back after the, the uh, break here and continue the conversation, but we are here with Jason Miller and Philip Lanos, two uh, consummate podcasters and businessmen. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about your business uh, with strategic advisor board when we come back and maybe a few tips for the listeners on what makes a good podcast. I know we're kind of nibbling around those edges, but Think about that while we're on break, if you can, and we'll uh, we'll be right back, folks. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero-cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options. Even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. And we're back, Finding Certainty with uh, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. They're the co-hosts of Strategic Advisor Board Podcast. I'm your host of Finding Certainty, Patrick Lang. Having a great conversation with uh, these two leaders in the podcast realm, even though they're they're fairly new to the to the uh, industry, you'd think they'd been doing it for years. They've already done almost 250 episodes. I mean, that's that that takes most people years to get to that number. Um, we were talking a little bit about quantity, and uh, want to get into a little bit of talk about quality because your show is not only—it's definitely not a not junk content. It's definitely not just you know filling up the the space. You guys are bringing some really good quality to your your interviews and some really quality guests. Um, so, you know, tell me a little bit more. Tell us a little bit more about uh, your show and and. Kind of how it came about. I know you talked about Jason, how you and Philip uh, got together, but did it start out rough? Did it start out easy? I mean, Philip had been doing it for a long time. I mean, you were new to it, Jason. So, did you find a little bit of a learning curve there, or uh, or what? Well, oddly enough, all I did was I used Philip's framework. It was the same framework that he interviewed me by. Is the is the framework that I used. Before I before we came over and joined forces together when he was at Entrepreneur Magazine, and <clears throat> the War Room has actually been around since 2017, 16, 17, um, and I used the War Room because because war is business. So I've always had right. this right. Uh, War Room concept where. You know, I work with clients and we work together in the war room and draw up strategies and all that kind of thing. So it just made sense to continue a podcast called the war room or war room moments, right? Because I could share these moments that I had with clients and so on and so forth and have them on the podcast. That's how it all started. They were all clients of mine. Um sharing their stories and, and things that we'd been through in the war room. So, but, uh, but then I I really wanted to take that and amp it. And that's why I wanted Philip to be a part of it. So we could create this round table effect, right? Right. More of a, you know, less interview-ish and more conversational, right? Where everybody can feel free to just interrupt um, and, you know, change the dynamic of the conversation at any given time. So, so that, that's from my perspective, starting, was it difficult? Uh, it was new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was difficult, but it was new. So it was working out all the back end stuff and editing and all that stuff and putting a team together to do all that kind of stuff. Um, that's the hard part. And that's the part people don't see is right. what it takes to do all that. Philip, you uh, want to chime in there? Yeah. I mean, to your, to your point, production is, uh, is 
one probably the one of the most important things in getting a show to just keep flowing, right? And if you don't have that team in place, like you said, it's definitely not going to go anywhere. I also think pre-production is super important, right? So a lot like most people might listen to that show and think that all I did was show up and then just have a conversation. And while that may be true to a large degree, it doesn't mean that I didn't personally, and I do this with everyone that we interview, I take a hard look at a few things, their website, do they have any books? You know, can I find them through a simple Google search? I do all of that personally, just to see how it is they're presenting themselves because of the work I do as a personal brand strategist, right? I'm constantly helping people do that. Whether they pay me or not, often it'll be in the middle of a call and I'll, you know what I mean? But I do do that outside of podcasting. So I've just developed this habit of being able to look at people very similar to how if you see somebody, they're like, okay, are they breathing heavy? You know, all the things you might look for in a person to see whether or not they're a threat. I don't do that to look for threats, but I look that to to find a way to better articulate what I'm about to drive home in that conversation with them. Right. The point is always the same, but what I need to know about a person is always really important. I can do it without just just being introduced to someone jumping into a conversation, right? but I think it's very important that you do some pre-production, no matter what. What does that mean? Right. Whether it's making sure you have gear that's going to make sense for you and tuning your room beforehand, right? A lot of, yeah, I'm sure you've had interviews or, or, or podcast episodes where people's rooms sound like, you know, a great chapel. <laughs> right? Right. And, and, and then, and then there's the opposite, right? And so a lot of that, I think pre-production, all the sauce is in the pre-production, man. I agree. I, I just think if you're going to podcast um, or do anything, YouTube or radio or whatever, the very least, make sure that you have a good mic and a good uh, you know, maybe a mixing board. I mean, um, it was one uh, first piece of advice my uh, uh, my general manager here at Voice America gave me. He says, "Invest in a good mic. You know, get a go get a road, go get a an NTX or something like that. You know, it's uh, it's worth having." And so, people keep telling me you have a good voice for radio. I think most of it's the mic, right? <laughs> um, so. You know, as I as you talk about your framework, you mentioned his framework. Do you mind sharing what that framework is for anybody who's thinking about running a podcast? Is there more to it than what we've already discussed? I I can go on that. Do you want me to go on that, Jason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Take a minute or so. We still I still want to get into a couple other things before we run out of time here. But <clears throat> okay, it'd be great. Okay, so a, a lot of the what people see visibly, right, is that we have a conversation. I prep them for what that conversation might entail. I let them know there's an open-ended question at the end, like, uh, you know, um, if you could invite anybody to this conversation, having reflected on everything that we talked about, what would that look like? So that sort of thing didn't exist on that entrepreneur show. In fact, it's like every other podcast. If you've ever gone on a podcast circuit to be a guest where they pull out a list of questions and then you might answer one of the questions they already had lined up for later and they go, oh, wait. That was actually a question I was going to ask you later. Can we just get, or, uh, you know, they're literally just reading questions while they're talking to you. You name it. Those experiences are really bad experiences, right? And that's not how I was running it. In fact, part of the reason why they put even more episodes my way when I was on Entrepreneur was because of that. So that I changed it and made it conversational. However, all of that looks natural, but it's not. 
there's a lot that I do that I think I don't tell enough people about. And the framework that I'm using is an offshoot, a derivative work from a psychologist named Eric Byrne. Eric Byrne wrote this book called Games People Play, right? And he created what's called transactional analysis. And it, it goes into sort of three different phenomenons. There's the parent phenomenon, an adult phenomenon, and the child phenomenon. And at any given moment, people are interacting. You can see it when you become more childlike talking to your kid and you guys are interacting on the childlike level, as opposed to when you have to be a parent suddenly, and now it's parent to child. And that can be a very difficult conversation to have. Whereas you can also be an adult and speak to your child like an adult, right? And there's a game called Now I've Got You, SOB, right? And that game has a lot to do with the idea of, uh, oh, uh, you're at a party, a soiree, a mixer. You see your kid and a dog run into the other room. You're like, okay. Then you hear some glass break, okay? (laughs) You go to check it out. All of a sudden you look, the kid's sitting there like, you know, and you still ask, who did this, right? What you've done is you've initiated a game. And now they're like, is there a chance I didn't do it? You know, you invited them to lie. And that's a game that people play as opposed to speaking to them like an adult. Uh, Okay, can you do me a favor and go get a broom for this? Let's clean this up, right? And then go like speaking to them like an adult, having them activate, right? So then that's the whole work. And I just want to give you that context. What really happens is, there's an offshoot of derivative work that then develop what's called the intimacy scale, right? So there's transaction analysis and then there's the intimacy scale. The intimacy scale is an acronym. And I don't know if we have enough time before I get into this. It, it is about, four, okay, four, okay. Um, so the, would you like to hear this acronym? Sure. This acronym is STOP, I'm you, right? Uh, work with me here. It's silence, right? Things, objects, places, then I myself, right? Uh, uh, and, and you, and then us. So stop, I'm you. And every conversation starts off in silence. It's just the norm. And so there's a very low degree of uh, intimacy. Ironically, when you have a high degree of intimacy, you can be in silence and hence say a lot and, and still right. be close and be calm and be okay with each other. So most people live on the on the shallow end of the conversation. And we live in like things, objects, places. What we're doing right now, I'll I'll point it out. But most people are like, oh yeah, uh, you know, uh, I love love fishing, right? Yeah, I love fishing too, right? And you just keep going on fishing or, you know, I love love cars. Yeah, I love cars too. And you sort of leave it at that. Oh, you know, I, I went to Paris. Yeah, I went to Paris too. Right, you live it at that, and there's nothing really at stake there. It's when you start shifting over to philosophies and ideas, kind of like what we're doing now, that a level of intimacy has now been increased. And if someone responds in kind with their own philosophies and ideas, well, you can see that they've moved up into the scale with you. You can, you right. can engage that. If they re- respond, yeah, well, you know, all I know is about fishing, they've gone down on the scale and regressed. So now you have to go back there before you can have them meet you further. From philosophies and ideas, right? Things, objects, places, right? Philosophies, ideas, stop, I'm you, right? It starts to transition over to, well, now now you can open up. Well, as for myself, one of the things I'd like for you to know about me is, what about you, right? Then you move it over to us and you can start using us. 
And so it's, a, and that's a high level of intimacy. That's good. So Jason, um, anything that you would add to that? And we've got a couple minutes here before we've got to wrap up. I do want you yeah. to, if you, if you don't mind, because I think what you do in your company, the strategic advisor board is really about creating those relationships and holding people accountable and helping them change their businesses. So maybe give us a business reference or business insight into what you guys do, how it plays with this. You got about 60 seconds and we've got to yeah. wrap this up and I want you to share sure. with people how to get a hold of you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Sure. Thanks Philip. Well, 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 the beauty behind it is, is like, I have one spectrum with the strategic advisor board, right? And then Philip has, he's the CEO of his, his own company called Own the Rhythm. So, and he's really good on his side of things. So it's like the strategy and rhythm together, right? And right. That's, how, right. that's how I really explain that. And that's why it works so well, right? Because we are complete opposites in a lot of ways, but then in a lot of ways, we're a lot the same. So, you know, but the strategic advisor board, which, you know, Philip's an integral part of that, um, you know, uh, relationships are everything in life, right? And I have built an empire off relationships and I, I love to talk to people. I love to do this stuff like this right here. Right. So, um, because that's what really matters. And one really important key thing about business that I would say to share here today would be, you know, don't, don't count on, don't, don't chase the money because the money will come. The relationship will create the money. And right. that, that's the, that's, what's a, a really important takeaway for a young business owner. Um, I shared that with Forbes a couple of weeks ago and, you know, uh, they said it was a profound statement. I don't really know if it's profound or not, but I mean, but it is true. Relationships create money. Money doesn't create relationships. So, you know, it's really I important agree. to, to uh, look at it from that way. But Strategic Advisor Board, that's our company, uh, www.strategicadvisorboard.com. Strategic Advisor Board podcast is our podcast. And we do... Uh, Philip and I do this segment called the War Room Roundtable. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you guys being on the show today. Um, couldn't agree more with what you've shared, Philip. Thanks for breaking down your framework for us. It's really fascinating. Uh, I think so, uh, I'm not surprised your show is going so well. You're able to touch so many companies and businesses with what you do there at SAB and. Uh, you know, it's, it's, um, I'm not surprised you're being recognized on Forbes and in entrepreneur and I'm even good morning America. And then these things, it's, it's impressive. So it's my honor to, to know you guys, anybody have any questions about any of this text, the word certainty to two, six, seven, eight, six. One of our team members will reach out to you, connect you with Jason or Philip or answer any other questions you have. We appreciate you being here on finding certainty. And uh, come back next week. We've got a fantastic guest who's going to teach you how to benefit from the employee retention tax credit and literally get your money in as little as 30 days or less versus six to nine months like most. So come back next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Pat. 
Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Finding Certainty. We hope you've gained some more insight into how to create more certainty in your own business or nonprofit. Join us next week for another taste of the certainty experience. Until then, we wish you greater certainty in all that you do.